Welcome to How Should a Man Live? This is a Christian podcast exploring life in light of creation and the new creation. And we are your hosts. I'm Reagan Rose and... I am Miska Wilhelmsen. Well, Miska, this is the third episode we're recording. What is it we're going to be talking about today? Well, as we were preparing for this, we thought that it might be helpful uh, to have one episode kind of exclusively dedicated to giving an overview of what we believe are uh, of um, fundamental importance to the question of how should a man live. So even though in this podcast, for the most part, we'll be dealing with one specific aspect of uh, manhood uh, more than we'll be focusing on some of these others, we wanted to make sure that our listeners understand that we believe there are more important things uh, before we get to that point that we are more talking about in this podcast as a whole. Um, so, and the reason we we will not be talking as much about some of these foundational is issues is exactly that, that they are very foundational and there's a lot of good and godly men who talk and write about these subjects way better than we could ever do. Uh, so we're kind of focusing on one aspect that's that we feel is a little bit more neglected. But these issues of first importance, we want to give an overview today uh, relating to what it means to be a man. Yeah, you know, like Miska said, we've, we, we want to hone in on one aspect uh, of what it means to be a man, but that is set in relationship to other aspects that are indeed more important, but not, as we'll see, not unrelated to the aspect that we like to focus on in this podcast. Um, in, in our last episode, was it our last episode? We talked about man's threefold relationship from yeah. Anthony Hokema. Yeah. Um, and we, we illustrated with three arrows. Man has, as, as a image bearer of God, has a vertical relationship with God has a horizontal relationship with man, and then has a downward relationship with creation. And we talked about the fact that Christians tend to emphasize the vertical and horizontal, and mm. we've been negligent with talking about, well, what is our relationship to creation exactly? Yeah. And we quoted this uh, from Anthony Hokema's book, Created in God's Image, but I think it bears repeating. So let me read this quote um, about Hokema explaining the threefold relationship. He says, God has placed man in a threefold relationship between man and God, between man and his fellow men, and between man and nature. The references to God's creation of man, to God's blessing of man, and to the mandate given him by God indicate the primary relationships, relationship in which man stands, his relationship to God. Man's relationship to his fellow man is indicated in the words male and female he created them. And our relationship to nature is alluded to in God's giving us dominion over the earth. And he, of course, uh, is talking about this in relation to Genesis 1, 26 through 28. Yeah, and I think, yeah, that's the helpful thing how, how Hokema summarizes that. And so we've kind of taken his, his work and we've added arrows and we feel it's very helpful to uh, kind of give a memorable categorization of what, what it means to be a human and that all these relationships matter, all of them have their uh, place and importance. And of course, the main one that the primary 
relationship is man toward God. So that's what, you know, that's where we, it's logical that we start, right? Mm-hmm. As, we, yeah, as we think through this, uh, that's where it all yeah. starts. Uh, so we, we, we prepare these seven points that we believe summarize uh, how, how a man should live and give these, uh, focusing on these fundamental issues of what it means to be a Christian man. Mm-hmm. And the yeah, first, and each of these falls under yeah. like the under three categories. So we we explain yeah. the vertical, the horizontal, and the downwards. So that's kind of if you want to picture in your mind an outline for this episode. Those are going to be the three main points, and those little those seven sub points are going to fit into each one. So starting with the vertical, the uh, arrow upwards. Uh, first point we titled "A man should." be reconciled to God through Christ. So this is where it all begins, uh, not just with men, of course, but men and women, uh, image bearers who have sinned against God, rebelled against God. We are all descendants of Adam and Eve, and we've continued to rebel and sin against our Creator. So this is the first and primary relationship where we need reconciliation. And without this, everything else is futile. futile, And uh, um, the only thing we deserve is God's judgment and eternal death. Uh, so uh, a few verses on this. There's in Romans chapter 6, verse 23. It says, For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we need life. Uh, and apart from Christ, we do not have life. Uh, we only have death. We have spiritual death in the present. We are awaiting physical death in the future. And even after that, we await future eternal death uh, in hell. So we need life. We need eternal life that only comes by faith in Christ. Yeah, so how should a man live? Well, a man should be reconciled to God through Christ. Yeah. Yeah, and on the other side of that, um, you also wrote 2 Corinthians 5.17 here, which says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And yeah. that's when when a person is reconciled to God the Father through faith in Jesus Christ, through um being united to him and and being justified being, being uh, declared righteous in God's sight then he, even before that he is regenerated he is made a new creation a new mm. creature um and the old has passed away and the new has come and what's exciting about that in relation to you know with the rest of these that we're going to look at is this is this is the first Thing. There's, a, there's a lot more that happens in the Christian life and, and even going forward into eternity, but it's all predicated on, are you reconciled to God? That's the first mm. and, and most primary thing in, in how mm. you should live. Nothing else af- that we say after this is going to matter if you don't know Jesus Christ. Yeah, exactly. So if you find yourself listening to this podcast, looking for advice, how should I live as a man? And if you do not personally trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your master, as your savior, that yeah, like Reagan said, all the other stuff will be useless in the end. They will just be like putting little bandages on a rotten corpse, on a mm-hmm. dead, rotten corpse. 
So we need peace with God. We need reconciliation with Him. And then other things connect to that. Uh, so what's the second point, Reagan? Yeah, so the second one is, and, and all of these are kind of phrased in, in as an answer to how should a man live, um, yeah. because we're clever. Uh, <laughs> but how, we, how need to, we need live? to justify the name of the show somehow, right? Yeah, a right. You, just repeating things that go back to it as much as possible. Um, yeah. So the second one is, how should a man live? Well, a man should walk in, de- in dependent obedience. A man should walk in dependent obedience. That's number two, and that also falls under the vertical relationship. Um, this, uh, like we we're saying, this comes after knowing Jesus Christ. Your your salvation, your um, reconciliation, your your just standing before God is not predicated on anything except for what Christ has done, and and your works don't add to that in any way, but. As a Christian, as someone who said, Jesus is my Lord, well, that will naturally turn to you being a person who lives like a, like a servant, like a, like a slave to a Lord. And that is uh, dependent obedience, which flows from love. Mm-hmm. So the, the Christian life is not just a matter of get saved and then wait till we die. It's you, you're, you're reconciled to God and then, okay, now it's a life of discipline and obedience which is empowered by the holy spirit and jesus said in john 15 5 he said i am the vine you are the branches whoever abides in me and i in him he it is that bears much fruit for apart from me you can do nothing and and that's where that Hmm. that idea of why we said a dependent obedience is it's not just muster up and try with all your might to do what's right it's mm. you've been empowered. You've been given the ability to actually serve God in a way that's pleasing to him because mm. you've been given his Holy Spirit. You're joined to Christ uh, through the indwelling Holy Spirit. Yeah. And another verse that I really love connecting to this and see the balance, like exactly what you're saying there is Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 to 13. It says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling so there's this emphasis on that we need to you know be serious about the christian life and walk in obedience you know work out your salvation with fear and trembling and then the answer like right away after that it continues the reason for why we should do that is for it is god who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So it's just beautiful to see those biblical truths side by side. We, in faithful obedience and even fear and trembling, you know, like very seriously, you know, working us unto him uh, and seeing our salvation worked out in all aspects of our life. And then we know it is he who works in us, even to give the will and to, to work for his good pleasure. So, yeah. Absolutely. And this is, this is what we were created to do. And th- mm-hmm. cause that's, that's the other part is, you know, a lot of what we talk about on here is, is about, okay, how, how was man made to live? And we're actually told explicitly yeah. in Ephesians 2.10, it says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. So yeah. we're his workmanship and we're made for good works. And those good works, it says, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So he's already actually even laid out a path uh, of works that we should be walking in in our life. And that's what we were made 
to do. And like Miska said in the last episode, you know, a woodpecker uh, pecks wood because he's a woodpecker and, and a yeah. Christian, a, a, a person who is really um, the fully human is, is someone who's been reconciled to God and is now living in that obedient uh, relationship to God that he was made to do. And so that's the, that is not only the right thing, it is the most satisfying way to live is to actually yeah. um, live as you were made to, which is to walk in good works. Exactly. Yeah. And then our third point relates specifically also kind of to some of the issues of uh, a biblical manhood and uh, in every age, but I think maybe more than ever in our age because of the internet and other things, but just sin. It says, uh, so our point, third point again, a man should fight sin in his life. So fight sin or mortify sin or kill sin. And uh, this is what a man is called to do. He's not called to be passive. Again, just kind of, uh, well, it relates to the earlier verse again, you know, walking in dependent obedience, but specifically here, fight against sin. And 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18 says this, flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that you that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. So, and especially the last part, you know, we don't belong to ourselves. We belong to our creator, who is also our redeemer. And uh, therefore, so glorify God in your body. Therefore, fight against sin, whatever form it comes in. And obviously, you know, like in our day and age, like pornography and all kind of sexual uh, sin is is rampant amongst uh, men, young men in particular, and even uh professing a Christian man. So it's it's a real issue that men need to fight against sin. And that's why it says flee sexual immorality. Yeah, and, the, and that is that third point, a man should fight sin in his life is still under that vertical yeah. um, arrow, that relationship with God. And that's critical to remember is that sin mm. is primarily against God. Um, and I think sometimes in, in our culture, we'll talk about um, man-to-man relationships in just a moment here when we talk about the horizontal thing. But primarily, uh, our sin, what we do, is against God. It's, yeah. It was David who said, against you and you only have I sinned. Yeah. And that's how we need to be thinking about it. We have to be, uh, with that vertical relationship, primarily we have to be reconciled to God through Christ. And then there's those two kind of aspects of um, sanctification where we're obeying and we are not disobeying. Um, we're, yeah. we're making sure to avoid, another way to put it, we're making sure to avoid sins of omission where we're not obeying God and we're trying to avoid sins of commission where we're not uh, violating God's commandments. And so those are the, the second and third point there about how should a person live uh, yeah. in regard to that vertical relationship with God. Yeah, so that's kind of obviously a lot could be said about all of this, but we're trying to keep it concise as an overview. But that's kind of what we summarize the three points in relation to God, uh, that upward arrow in our illustration, Yeah, uh, the primary one. Exactly. 
But then after that is the the second arrow. So maybe you could tell us, introduce the, the second arrow, that second relationship, Miska. Yeah, so here we come to the second relationship that Hokema mentions and writes about in his book and also we've used as this kind of uh, framework to talk about this. So that's the horizontal relationship. So the arrow that points horizontally toward other people, toward other image bearers around you. We live in the midst of other image bearers, whether it's immediate uh, people in our family or in our church or then wider. Um, so these relate to other humans. And the first one in that category, so first one in that category, but the fourth point in total is a man should be a member of a local church. And why do we say that? Well, obviously, as we've been already talking about, what it means to be a man is to be reconciled to God and to have peace with God and to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then when we read scripture, when we read the New Testament, we understand also that uh, salvation and, and trust in Jesus Christ is not uh, like... Um, Thing that's just separate like on your own you know Christianity is not a lone wolf mission you know like the, this you know you just kind of uh, become a Christian and then you just roam around on your own in the dark forest as a wolf right. you know <laughs> and uh, but you're part of something bigger you're part of what is called a family of God and uh because there are others who've been reconciled to God. And uh, scripture calls us even to meet together. You know, there's in book of Hebrews, uh, chapter 10, verse 25, it says, uh, it talks about not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So even back then, when the book of Hebrews was written, there were some who were neglecting the gathering together, what we would now refer to as the gathering of the local church, the gathering of Christians. And we're called not to neglect that. So if a person is not a member of a, a local church, a healthy local church, he is neglecting that. You mm -hmm. know? Uh, so yeah. We're not, we're not to do that. And, and a man in, in particular, again, just beginning to... Uh, if you're a father, if you're a husband, you are responsible for your family. It's not your wife who should be dragging you to church. If anyone needs to drag anyone to church, it needs to be the husband dragging, you know, lovingly, of course. You know, but, but, <laughs> lovingly but drag your wife to church. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but but it's it's so sad that in our culture, even in Christian, like it's yeah, it's so sad that it's usually the other way around. Mm -hmm. uh, the the men are the passive ones who would rather sit on the couch. Even Christian men, mm -hmm. and uh, or professing Christian men at least. Uh, so yeah, it should be, it should not be like that. It should not be like that. Yeah. And uh, a point I would make on this one too, um, about a man should be a member of a local church is, you know, when we're talking about these horizontal relationships, oftentimes I think in, in some, um, spaces of, of evangelicalism, the mm -hmm. emphasis on the horizontal relationships of mankind 
kind of skip the church and they go right yeah. to works of, of mercy or um, serving serving people with uh, that are outside of the building, which is important. But you yeah. have to keep in mind the primacy of the local church because that's how the Bible talks about it. It actually says in Galatians yeah. 6.10, says, so then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are the household of faith. Yeah. Um, there, there's a, there's a primacy placed on how in this second, you know, relationship that man has with other, uh, image bearers, it kind of just makes sense that, that, that the emphasis is on those others who have been, um, regenerated and are in Christ as well. And so you have yeah. to be part of, of a body of believers to to do even I mean you have Romans 12 10 here Miska you wrote in our notes love yeah. one another with a brotherly affection outdo one another in showing honor that, that's just one of the one another commands there's yeah, tons yeah. of them all over the New Testament exactly. good luck exercising these if you are not in fellowship with other believers like you're yeah, not yeah. going to this horizontal relationship isn't going to work you're not yeah. going to be properly imaging God through your relationships with other created uh, humans without uh, being part of a church. So that's, that's critical. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So that was, so just, you know, give you guys uh, kind of remember where we're at. So we're in the, we're still in the horizontal relationships of man. We just talked about number four. Number five is a man should lead and provide for his family. And yeah. this is one, another one of the primary ways that as image bearers of God, we live out those horizontal relationships. The man is the head of the home. And that is, for whatever reason, somewhat controversial today in Western society. But the Bible makes it so abundantly clear that the man has been given a special role as the leader uh, in the home by God. Mm. Um, Miska, maybe you can share some of the verses relating to that. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, just a quick note on that also like with that we often in our society when people talk about it it's it's always like uh what rights do i have or do or, or like uh the roles and oh he can do that i can't do that but what we should remember is in all of this that with a role with a so to say uh with with something that we have to do then this comes the responsibility and this connects again to what i said about the, going to church the father is responsible the husband is responsible and uh, and uh, the in in that regard you know obviously the wife and the, the mother is also responsible but god will hold that father primarily responsible and uh so uh, a few verses re- regarding this Ephesians 5:25 it says husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her so a husband needs to love his wife with sacrificial love with selfless sacrificial love because that is what Christ did uh, the the ultimate the perfect man who, who died for the for the uh, bride for the church, for believers Christ he, and uh, you know here in this Ephesians passage we're called to that should be our motivation we, we need to obviously we can never fully do this well none of these things we can perfectly fully do uh, on this side of <laughs> before the new creation you know before uh, future resurrection but we are called to love our wives 
in the same uh, way as Christ loves the church and gave himself up for her. And also we're called in Ephesians later in chapter 6 verse 2, or no, sorry, Ephesians 6 verse 4 regarding to fathers and children. It says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So there again we see that uh, the husband is given this uh, responsibility. So uh, obviously in practical things, often the, the mother spends more time with the children and that's good and right. But who has the, who has the responsibility? When things are wrong, with going things, when, when, uh, when the children are neglected, when the children are not being instructed in the ways of God, uh, when they're not being taught uh, biblical truth, who is the one to blame? The father. God will hold the father accountable. So the, a man should lead and provide for his family. And then the last one about the provision. Uh, let me just read it to you quickly. First uh, Timothy 5 verse 8, it says, But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. That's quite sharp words from there. And it has to do with, again, that uh, we are called to provide for our family. Uh, and, uh, and this relates to even single men, obviously. They need to learn to do work before they get, you know, also get married and find a wife. And just this idea of responsibility this, and, uh, and leading and providing and protecting, that's, I would say, inherent or like very at the core of what it means to be a man. Um, yeah. Well, and then number six, which also falls under the horizontal relationship, is a man should walk wisely before outsiders. So we've talked yeah. about how a man should be a member of a local church. He should provide for his family. But what about unbelievers? What about people who aren't part of your family and aren't part of your church? Well, yeah. Colossians 4, 5 says, Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. That there is uh, the command that there's a certain care, or there's a certain wisdom that needs to be exercised in how we actually live our lives before others. And um, a big part of that is as image bearers of Christ, of God, we need to actually image forth that to people who would see it, right? So when yeah. people see my life, outsiders see my life, do they see God? Do they see the things that God values? Do they see a, a life that is lived in fellowship with God, but, but even in, in uh, the way that we live and act? Are we acting wisely? Um, yeah. and, and even, and I love that for Colossians 4, 5, making the best use of the time. You know, I have a whole yeah. podcast and <laughs> yeah, a I was whole other say, thing. This, yeah. this is the right time to give Here's a where plug. I plug it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll give the plug, you know. Since, That's good. Since so I can I'll be, be humble. Objective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just for those of you who might be listening and don't know this, Reagan has a, a podcast on his own, uh, who's been doing a few years, haven't you? Right. Yeah. Uh, it's called Redeeming Productivity. And it's a great podcast. I think I've listened to every episode, and you know, so it's it's good stuff. So, go go and Thanks. listen to that. You know, <laughs> Miska Google, and my mom are my biggest fans. <laughs> <laughs> but that's yeah. that's a you know, I I and it's a special aspect 
to me, I think, because actually, as it relates to this, is the whole idea of being a man is how, how, what are you supposed to do? How do you actually live wisely? How do you use your time well? And, and not just be, you know, um, when I, when I was younger, just not being lazy and doing nothing with it as, mm-hmm. it, as if it was my time to waste. And yeah. it's not your time to waste because like Misco's been saying, you have a responsibility as a man. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry you didn't ask for it, but you were born a man. And so yeah. before God, you, you yeah. have a responsibility. And part of that is you need to walk with wisdom and, you, and that means managing your time well, knowing it's not your time, it's God's time. Yeah, and actually, just a little note here. You know, I'm I'm a pastor, obviously, here in, in Finland, and even the last few weeks, I've had a few different conversations, like kind of pastoral counseling conversations with people, uh, not necessarily even in our church, but uh, from a wider area in Finland, and uh, with young men specifically and different issues that they're wrestling with and i on two occasions i've told them to listen to your podcast so you know (laughs) uh, it's good practical stuff to put this you know yeah how do you use your time and how do you uh you know practically do these things but yeah we're called to walk wisely before outsiders and obviously that doesn't mean that you know, when there's no outsiders around, we walk non That's when we party. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, we, we, well, there's a place for right kind of parties, of course. Yeah, but... we'll get to partying later. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, walk wisely uh, amongst people in general. Uh, yeah, I, I think that it means like being cognizant of the fact that people are observing your life, especially if you're a professing believer, a public believer, and people actually know that you claim Christ. Which um, we should yeah. be. You know? We should Which be, we yeah. Should. You shouldn't be secret. But like people, when they know that, you just recognize that, that part of your responsibility with that is to bear that name of Christ well. And that means walking in wisdom. And, and a big part of that is... Um, is evangelism. And so we, we actually yeah. put that underneath this point, um, or yeah. as part of this point, a man should walk wisely before outsiders. And that means telling them how they can become insiders, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, and it relates to the first one, the, like the, um, what do we call it? Well, the arrow going up. <laughs> the, the vertical. Vertical, <laughs> vertical, that's what it is. Just was. say it and finish. What's Vert- so vertical yeah. and finish? <laughs> Yeah, Probably I wouldn't even crazy, know that. Yeah, you I, don't I, know. Yeah, it's some crazy six-syllable word with like yeah. half a dozen vowels. <laughs> but again, you know, like we've been reconciled to our Creator. We have now peace with our God, and now we walk in the midst of other image bearers, most of whom still walk in rebellion against that God and that Creator. And we, with our life, the way we act as a father, as a husband, as a man, as a student, as a worker, as a member of a church, all of these things should be reflections of God's grace, God's goodness, and uh, His mercy displayed in our life and how He has changed us. And then, you know, we're even told in 1 Peter 3, 15, uh, this verse um, that often is connected to apologetics, but I think it's actually more just toward basic evangelism, uh, so 1 Peter 3.15, it says, But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a hope 
for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. So, yeah, I do believe in apologetic. There's a place for that. But the main thing is, you know, for people who then see our lives and uh, we have opportunity to discuss and uh, and even whatever form, street evangelism to complete strangers or your neighbor or a family member or whoever else, uh, we should give them the reason that we have that we the, the for our hope which is the lord jesus christ and reconciliation by faith in him so yeah a man needs to walk wisely before outsiders which includes uh, evangelism in all aspects of life yeah absolutely well let's we've talked about the first two arrows we've talked about man's vertical relationship to god and his yeah. horizontal relationship to other people now like we've been saying, kind of the neglected arrow in our minds is the downward mm. relationship, which is yeah. man's relationship with uh, creation, or you might say with, with nature. And mm. so we point downward towards the earth, um, so the things mm. that are earthy to the, to the animals, to the, the soil, and that, that's kind of the thought there, is yeah. this downward relationship is part of being an image bearer of God. Yeah, and you know God. God's created the earth and everything it contains: the, the the land and the seas, the plants, the trees, the animals, all the creepy crawling things. All those yeah. things are are things that were created by God, and in fact created for man. He made this yeah. habitat for us. We're the crowning jewel of His creation. We're not just some minor aspect. It was you know if you <laughs> if you go buy, buy uh, an iguana at the uh, local pet shop. Yeah. And they're they're not going to give you an aquarium that you fill up with water and say, okay, just dunk the iguana in there and he'll be fine. You're gonna drown your iguana. They're gonna give you. Do, a, do a, people know what an iguana is? <laughs> like I barely I, know. Well, but you're in Finland. We you have like know, yetis right? and stuff. What do you? <laughs> your animals <laughs> yeah. are so much different than ours. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess you're in Southern California, so yeah, you probably well, have I... iguanas in your backyard. Yeah. <laughs> well, you you get the. You get the the reference that you you if you were gonna build a and when you you do it for a for not a fish it's called a terrarium instead of an aquarium you'd build a terrarium and you'd yeah. put all the things in there that made the right and proper habitat for the iguana and mm-hmm. then you put the iguana in and that's what God has done with us with creation is He made the perfect habitat for mankind and at the end of it He placed us in the midst of that. And of course, we've said it's it's fallen. We know that it, it's it's under a curse because of our sin, our rebellion against God. But it's still our habitat. It's still our home. And in fact, we still have a relationship with it that is part of being an image bearer of God. Yeah, and I think connecting to those two other ones as we've been going through these points, like we we are reconciled with God. We have peace with God now. Yet, are we? Do we at the present time? Are we like? experiencing the full and final reconciliation no you know we're still awaiting future resurrection we're still sinning against god in one you know in thought word or in deed we need to fight against sin as we talked but still we are uh, fallen creatures and uh, still find ourselves sinning against god so should we say then oh well i'm still living as a fallen creature it doesn't matter i don't need to you know fight against sin in my life because you know one day it'll be perfect 
but now I don't need to worry about it. Or with the vertical, what was it? No, horizontal, sorry. Yeah. No, the horizontal, the humans, you know. I say, well, I still have sinful tendencies in my heart. I'm still get angry. I get bitter. I, you know, I have an unforgiving heart. One day I will be perfect in those things in the resurrection. But because I'm not perfect now, you know, I don't really need to think about focusing on these things because I can't do them perfectly anyway. So no one, of course, says that, apart from maybe some fringe heretics, but no one in the, you know, kind of uh, Orthodox Christian faith uh, would say that. But with the third aspect, I feel like many of us are saying that, or if we're not saying that, we are thinking that. We're thinking like, yeah, one day we'll be living on a new creation, a restored earth, everything. But in the present, whatever, it's all gonna burn, <laughs> you know, like it doesn't matter at all. You know, I don't even give, need to give it a second thought. And the point that we're trying with this podcast is getting back to the scriptures and thinking through like, wait a minute, we've been neglecting, especially in our, like this age we live in now, uh, we've been neglecting this third aspect more than these others. Uh, and I'm now talking in a Christian context, in a Christian framework. You know, I'm not mm -hmm. talking about some kind of uh, global warming, whatever stuff, uh, or, or people uh, just uh, like save the trees, but kill the babies, you know, that kind of stuff. No, mm -hmm. no, we're not talking about any of that, but we're talking within a Christian framework and a Christian worldview and what it means to be human, what it means to be created in the image of God, that this third aspect, it's not primary, of course, God is primary, but since God has defined this to be part of our very existence, it is important. Mm -hmm. And and when we get separated from that, we lose something. When we sin uh, against our Creator in ways where we do not honor Him in the way we live, even in creation, you know. So, like the last point we titled the seventh point in in, the, in our list relating to this third arrow is a man should live in a God-honoring way toward creation. In a God-honoring way toward creation. And even just thinking, what does that mean? Not many people seem to be thinking that. You know? I, I haven't given that too much thought in the past. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, that's what we're trying to get, you know, back to. And it was we we went through in our previous episode. We looked at Genesis one twenty eight, and we'll be looking at it many times, I'm sure, in the future. But God God says after He's created man man and woman, He says, "Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it." And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And then we also saw that that's not cancelled with the fall. You know, it's repeated almost exactly the same in Genesis 9 in the Noahic covenant, which is after the fall into sin. And uh, God again says to, he blesses Noah and his sons in Genesis 9 verse 1 and 2. It says, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And then he tells us that there's something has changed. Man's, mankind's relationship uh, to animals has changed in this regard. It says, 
the fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth and upon every bird of the heavens and upon everything that creeps on the ground and all the fish of the sea. Into your hand they are delivered. And uh, later in there in that passage, we're given permission to eat meat, except we're, we're told not to eat the blood. Uh, but we're, we're given permission to eat meat. But even in that, you know, if, of course, everything that we do as, as a, as a God-honoring man, a man who seeks to honor God, we should do everything in righteousness. So even this aspect of ruling and reigning over creation, and even the way we act toward animals, which, you know, we might like, oh, that's crazy, you, you know, animals don't matter, you don't need to think about that at all. Well, it tells us something about our values and what we think about our God and, our, and the creation he has made. And, you know, for example, in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 10, it gives us this short uh, verse. It says, whoever is righteous has regard for the life of his beast. But the mercy of the wicked is cruel. So, even in something like a beast, you know, is here, you know, like whatever animals you might have. If you have a dog, like you do, Reagan, you know, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. you're you're a righteous man. So that's why you don't go around kicking your dog just because you're, you know, you like you get annoyed with him and you kick him in the face or throw him with a baseball bat or something. No, uh, you have regard for the life. Of, of the beast you don't worship him as your you know offspring in that sense <laughs> you know it's, it's not on the same level as but he's our fur son. baby <laughs> <laughs> yeah but but yeah so yeah all of this that this third aspect uh, and then what does that look like that's in the question you know and what does scripture say about question. the specifics yeah well, and, and like, because especially with the one with relation to animals, that is, I mean, that has to have implications for where we get our food, right? And that's that's where I think that things are going to get a little, so. little yeah. hinky here <laughs> is, uh, you, you know, where we get into some of the specifics and stuff. But that 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 is um, a little un, unnerving to think about is if, mm. I, if I'm supposed to be having regard towards the life of my beast, or I'm, I'm supposed to, as a righteous man, have some concern about how creation is treated. Um, it kind of, it puts upon us, again, there's that word responsibility, to n not just walk around blithely ignorant of the the ways in which particularly our, our meat comes to us because there are things i mean you know you you see people who get up in arms about this stuff who aren't christians when they you know you want to teach these documentaries and stuff about mm -hmm. some of the meat processing plants and plants yeah. and stuff but as a christian just just forget forget about if someone's going to call you a hippie or a pita person or whatever just forget yeah. about that and just in light of the scriptures ask yourself is is that in line with how a man should live is that in line with having a god honoring relationship towards creation this third point, this downward relationship, what does it mean for what we do every day? It's exciting. All three of these relationships are, are, are in somehow in a process of reconciliation, right? Mm, I mean, yeah. with, with these three relationships at the fall, man, <clears throat> excuse me, man is right. Uh, 
out of relationship with God, out of relationship with his his fellow man, right? There, there's mm-hmm. tension there between people. And then with the curse, out of relationship, proper relationship with creation. And in the grand scope of things, God is restoring our relationship with him by reconciling us through Jesus Christ. He mm-hmm. is, in through sanctification and finally glorification, the removal of, of sin from us, the church will live in perfect relationship with one another, but even as now uh, we're not in perfect relationship, we seek that reconciliation with other um, image bearers. Mm. But also, though the creation is not finally restored, we know it will be, we know it's groaning, it's, it's waiting for the restoration, it says in Romans 8. But even now, we seek some level of that reconciliation, some level of, in as far as it's possible, to have a proper God-honoring relationship with this... Um, you know, planet we call home, uh, mm-hmm. because that's what we're called to do. That's what we were made to do. And, um, God has Psalm eight. God has given man dominion over the works of his hands. And he talks mm-hmm. about uh, all that's under his feet, right? There's the downward, the sheep, the oxen, mm-hmm. beasts of the field, the birds of the heaven, the fish of the sea, whatever passes mm-hmm. along the paths of the sea. Mm-hmm. It, it is our responsibility. If you've been given dominion over something, you've been given responsibility over that. Yeah, and again, like we said in, I think it was the first episode, as we kind of briefly touched upon, what do we mean with the title, How Should a Man Live? This this uh, does not mean uh, that, well, well let's say, let me say it this way. It means that as far as we're able, we should seek to live in a God-honoring way in all aspects of life. Mm-hmm. And we should, we should remember to reflect and glorify God and live in accordance to his purpose and commands in all aspects of life as much as we're able, you know? Mm-hmm. So it, it's not that, okay, you know, now I'm, uh, I'm locked down in prison because I've been preaching the gospel and now they're bringing to me prison food you know that might have been offered <laughs> is, to is this a uh, chicken locally sourced uh <laughs> yeah. excuse me was this uh <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, or think about paul you know as he writes about you know meat offered to idols you know or being at a, a yeah. neighbor's house and they give you food you know that he says you know do not even ask questions just like eat it essentially so in those things that it, it, it doesn't um, have to do with us, you know, and we're not making decisions and we can't, that we're restricted for one reason or another, or like financially just tied, you know, so, so uh, tightly, so literally, you know, we're not saying that, uh, yeah, well, we're not making statements one way or the other, but we're thinking we need to at least make, stop and consider what implications this has to us, even in the very practical things of, what do I eat or where do I get it from? What kind of things do I want to support? Uh, and uh, yeah, so <laughs> as far as we're able to, when we're living all aspects of life, we should live in a God-honoring way. Mm-hmm. And, and acknowledge uh, it's not going to be perfect. You're not going to be able to do it yeah. perfectly. And yeah. that's the same thing with, I mean, that's why we we don't have perfect um you know, fellowship with God all the time where we still sin. We don't have perfect mm. fellowship with, with mankind all the time because there's just all all this sin tripping us up. But it's seeking it. It's having the right heart, the right attitude towards it, and the right understanding from the scripture about this yeah. third relationship, all three relationships, and yeah. seeking in God's power under his grace because that's the wonderful thing is um, God has given us grace in, in all of these areas, um, 
and in that he, he he's not um that's one of the beautiful things about um about uh, being reconciled through christ yeah but you had that quote yeah. from Hokema. I, w- I want to hear that quote you know <laughs> yeah yeah that was i was just gonna <laughs> say that this um oh, so we started with a quote from anthony Hokema, where he's the one who brought, brought up this threefold relationship and this episode has been about what are the things of first importance? And we're just trying to openly acknowledge that this third relationship, this downward relationship of man to creation is not the primary thing, but that doesn't mean it's unimportant. And Hokama actually points out that all three of these, uh, these relationships are inseparably linked to us being image bearers of God. And so I'll just read the quote. He says it better and I can say it. Um, this is also from Made in the Image of God. He writes, man is inescapably related to God. This is indeed the prior and most important relationship, but this relationship does not exist without the other two and is not realized apart from the other two. And and so his his point is, yeah, we are in relationship with God, but we're God's image bearers. And that, that relationship is manifest through how we relate to other humans and, and how we relate to creation because we're bearing God's image and God relates to other creatures and, and to his creation. And if we're to be like God in those respects, how can we do it by when we're ignoring these other relationships? I think like with all things, when a Christian becomes a Christian, when you're reconciled with God, that changes everything about life. That changes all aspects of this this threefold relationship, and it should more and more uh, like our life uh, in all aspects should more and more reflect God's goodness, God's glory, God's wisdom, and God's purpose, and uh, that He should be glorified in our life and in all aspects of our life. And uh, so then that's the question, what does, what does it look like, even in some of the nitty-gritty details of, you know, the earthiness and uh, the things we eat, the things we do, our hobbies, the things we spend time with, what does it look like when the Christian worldview takes over more and more in our personal lives as men? So that's what we're trying to answer. How should a man live? <laughs> <laughs>